Hi, this is a look behind and rewind, and I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. You know, whenever you watch TV commercials or full-length shows, it's all too easy to take for granted what you're seeing on your screen. It all seems so easy, so effortless. You have no idea what kind of work goes into most productions behind the scenes, or what kind of hassles the filmmakers go through to get their videos shot and approved for broadcast. There's an experience I could tell you about, which happened years ago, that can help you understand the difficulty of Hollywood-style production. Back in college days, one of the first things we heard about in our film classes was the necessity of following all the rules. Like, for example, if you were shooting in New York City, there were tons of paperwork to fill out, shooting permits to be bought, and countless unions that you had to deal with to get your show filmed on the streets of Manhattan. So if you wanted gritty authenticity and real New York scenes, you had to ante up and pay all the fees for the privilege of shooting there. And that's not just New York City. The same holds true in other parts of the country. So let me tell you how this plays out. For one of my first film assignments, I chose to write and produce a short TV commercial, the setting of which was supposed to take place on a remote mountaintop. The premise behind my concept was having a guy climb up to the summit in search of a guru who would then share the secret of life with him. So I scouted around for the right background, which I found at Clark Reservation, a state park about five miles away from the metropolitan area of Syracuse, New York. I asked two of my friends to serve as the on-camera performers. One of them with a snow-white beard was perfect for the part of the guru once I dressed him up in a long flowing robe. The other part was played by a friend who looked like a typical man on the street, but with a bit of a classic Errol Flynn profile. Now the big challenge here was not the casting, but rather the location. Shooting on a mountain is no piece of cake, I kid you not. Just getting there was part of the adventure. Those old crater lakes formed by prehistoric glaciers way back in the ice age can be very beautiful somewhat treacherous, especially when you're walking around the rocky ledges surrounding the lake. It wasn't a real mountain, I have to confess, but the rock formations made it look like one. Now in order to position my camera properly to capture the action as the one guy climbs up a steep cliff to reach the mountaintop, I had to be on the edge of a cliff myself a few feet below him, where there wasn't much space at all for a large camera on a tripod. To say it was precarious would be a major understatement. Knowing my ability to trip over my own two feet, I had to be extra careful of where I stepped so I wouldn't wind up falling over the cliff during the filming. It was a long, long way down to the bottom of the crater lake that we'd selected for our location. Hello down there! It was certainly scenic, but quite scary, I tell you. And action! So we started filming. It took a few takes to get all the moves right and have my friends say their lines to my satisfaction. So things went pretty smoothly, I thought. That is, until we wrapped up production and hiked back down the mountain and found an unexpected surprise awaiting us. As we were packing up the camera gear in my little car, the park ranger entered the scene stage left. He approached us and started asking questions about what we were doing there. 
What had caught his attention was a large Hollywood-style tripod and a professional-grade movie camera that we'd been using. We certainly didn't come off as amateurs or some run-of-the-mill family members shooting ordinary Super 8 home movies. No, we looked like some professional movie crew, Steven Spielberg wannabes. And that turned out to be our big downfall. Because, little did we know, the state parks in upstate New York were no different than the streets of Manhattan. You could do all the family movies you want, with no questions asked. But the moment you show up with professional equipment, that's when the powers that be ask for your filming permit. And of course, I had no such article. How was I supposed to know about the rules and regulations? I was just a lowly, naive, first-year film student. Well, to make a long story short, Mr. Ranger Man wound up confiscating all our gear, including the film we just shot, which was still in the camera. No amount of explanation, apologies, or even desperate pleading would persuade him to change his mind. So we headed back to campus, quite discouraged, our mission unaccomplished, and our unprocessed film remaining behind in the hands of a local bureaucrat. We hoped and prayed that he wouldn't open up the camera and accidentally expose the film, thus ruining all the hard work and planning that went into our big film project. So it was a pretty embarrassing moment when we walked into the office of our professor and told him the story of what had just transpired. The park ranger had been quite clear in his instructions, telling us that we needed to bring back some documentation from our college, proving that we were just students and not professional filmmakers trying to make a quick buck off the scenic attractions of the little park that he reigned over like a kingdom in the Middle Ages. Our professor listened patiently to our sad, pathetic account, then smiled knowingly, figuring we had now learned our lesson about the real world of filmmaking, including permits, bureaucratic rules and regulations, and the petty whims of local officials who like to exercise their power whenever they got a chance, especially with young college students who they could scare the crap out of. <laughs> So we eventually wound up taking another trip back out to the state park with a letter in hand from our professor stating that we were, in fact, amateurs and not intending to make any commercial profit from our little adventure. Of course, we did get the school's camera gear back, and that meant we were able to finish off the assignment, edit the scenes together, and hand it in to the professor on time. Well, I tell you, I'll never forget that day. And I learned my lesson, maybe even more than one. First, it's not a good idea to make mountains out of molehills, or crater lakes for that matter. Somebody could accidentally take a swan dive off that rocky ledge and never be heard from again. And number two, if you want to be a filmmaker, it's not all about coming up with clever ideas casting the right actors or employing the best Hollywood camera gear that your college can provide. No, my friend, you also need to be paper trained. <laughs> and by that I mean getting all your paperwork in order, securing filming permits and greasing the palms of local park rangers who might have the power to throw a monkey wrench in the works, shutting down your award-winning production. 
I have to admit, I didn't win any Oscars for this mountaintop epic, but I learned how to be a lot more careful on my next assignment. I'm Tom Nielsen, and you've been listening to A Look Behind and Rewind. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on buzzsprout.com, Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.